Welcome to the Living Library Radio Podcast Project. This project aims to share human stories of immigration and integration by highlighting diverse stories of transition, settlement, and belonging. This series tells the stories of newcomers living, working, and building their lives in Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. The Living Library Project is a storytelling program of the New Canadian Centre. This radio podcast series is produced by the New Canadian Centre in partnership with Trend Radio and hosted by me, Jill Stavely. Launched in September 2018, the Living Library Project was established with the goal of sharing the diverse and compelling stories of newcomers through public speaking engagements. Since then, it has grown into a multimodal storytelling project. In this series, we bring you the stories of six newcomers living, working, and building their lives in Peterborough, Ontario. These are stories of home, belonging, loss, hope, community, and so much more. For more information about the Living Library Project and the New Canadian Centre, you can visit them on the web at www.nccpeterborough.ca. Crossings North and South, being mapped by a place called Branada, Magali's story. The creative mind of a seven-year-old immigrant girl inspires her mom to reflect on what it means to be mapped by the places you live and visit. In this episode, Magali shares stories and ideas from her experiences in a place called Branada. What has mapped you? Thank you so much for coming here today. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure. I'm happy, very happy to be here. Could you please introduce yourself to us? Yes, uh, I am Magali, um, Magali Sperlingbeck, and I'm originally from Brazil. I've been living in Peterborough since 2015, although I spent a year in Brazil between 2015 until now. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Where in Brazil are you from? I am originally from a place called Porto Alegre, which is a city in the south of Brazil. It's actually the capital city of Rio Grande do Sul, a state in the very south of Brazil, uh, which is not far from Argentina and Uruguay, so it's southern Brazil. And um, it's a city that is, I would say, not necessarily as big as Toronto, but almost, so it's a big city. And I lived there until I finished uh, university. Uh, so I lived with my parents until then. And then I moved to Florianopolis, which I also considered a little bit of a hometown for me as I lived many years in Florianopolis. It's an island mm-hmm. uh, in the south of Brazil as well. Uh, and it's a beautiful location, beautiful place. Yeah. Could you describe what life is like in both of those places? Uh, Porto Alegre, because it's a big city, uh, we get a little bit of all the the big city advantages, lots of uh, theater and music, scenery and all that. Uh, And uh, Florianopolis is a little bit smaller, but because it's on the coast, we have a lot of nature on it. uh, So we can enjoy the many beautiful beaches that we find there in uh, in Florianopolis. And life was very, um, when I was a kid, uh, was very, in a sense, kind of quiet, even in a big city. I I lived in an apartment building with lots of friends in that enclosed space. And then I started exploring more of the city as I grew up uh, as a university student. Uh, And then in Florianopolis, I enjoyed a lot of nature. And I would go for hikes and enjoy days at the beach and all that. So it was very nice. (laughs) How did you first learn about Canada? 
when I when I was growing up, uh, my family didn't travel a lot, especially travel abroad. We used to live in the same city and visit family that lived around us. Uh, but I was always a very curious person. I wanted to learn more about new languages and new cultures. So in high school, I started studying English. Uh, and I remember, I think, my first contact with Canada was through English as a Second Language textbooks. <laughs> so they introduced you to different <laughs> countries around the world where uh, people speak English. So I remember some of the, the scenes and the conversations were based on people in, Toron in Toronto or places right. like that. So you I learned a little bit about Canada because of that. Uh, but then uh, when I was in university, I decided to go to um, to study translation studies. So I wanted to learn more English. Uh, and so I was studying English throughout the university. And also I started to study literary courses. I took some literary courses. And in some of these courses, I would study literatures from English-speaking countries, from the United States, from Britain, from Australia, from Canada, and I got very interested in Canadian literature, especially because I had a professor who was leading a research group on Canadian literature, and we were doing a lot of comparative research between Brazilian writers and Canadian writers, some American writers as well, and so I started to get to know a little bit more about Canada because of that. What was it about Canadian literature that intrigued you specifically? I was always very interested in uh, writers who would explore the rewriting of history throughout their, their books, like explore maybe a particular period of time in their writing without necessarily writing a historical novel, but a, a novel or a work of uh, poetry that would engage in uh, presenting different aspects of history in a fictional way or not. And so some of these works that I was reading uh, was related to that, maybe exploring uh, a little bit the history of immigration in Canada or the contribution of a particular group of people who had immigrated from another country to Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was interested in that and also on how people, how some writers would represent their experience of belonging in their writings. Yeah. So I think that was something that really interested me. In my master's, for example, I was studying the work of Dion Brand, and she talked a lot about her experience of moving from the Caribbean to Canada and how she adjusted here. And so she was also rewriting about her experience of migrating, but also uh, experience uh, back home. Uh, so how she would represent that in her writing. I think that was, f f first of all, something that interested me. And in Brazil, we were at the time really interested about what it would mean to be a multicultural writer. Could you tell us about your own journey to Canada and what, what you experienced coming here? Mm -hmm. So until I finished my master's degree, I was probably early... 20s. Uh, I hadn't traveled abroad and I was studying about some of these writers and I was learning English, but I felt that I really wanted to experience the culture myself. So I started applying for a place at a graduate program here and I was accepted at the University of Alberta in Edmonton. And so I thought that would be very uh, important for me to experience the culture, to be exposed to the language, to be able to, to go through that program. So in 2002, I traveled from Porto Alegre to Edmonton. I was super excited to come. And I remember at the time, because it's 
a long time ago. Uh, technology was not as we have it at this yes. time, right? So yes. it wasn't that easy to connect through Wi-Fi and things like that. So I remember uh, when I first, the first time that I, like as soon as I arrived in Edmonton, I was so desperate to send news back home to say that I was okay. Yeah. Uh, and that so people would, you know, relax and know that I was fine. Yeah. And it was so hard to send news back home because I had to make a phone call and at the time, public phones, I yes. needed to use change to oh, make no, a phone yes. call and then connect through yes. a phone card. It took me forever to find my way around that. Uh, and finally, I did. So I, I, this is one of the things that I never forgot, how hard it was to make that first phone call, not having a cell phone, <laughs> sending news back home, yeah. At the time, uh, my fiancé was in Brazil, he's Brazilian, and but uh, we decided that I would come first yeah. because we didn't know how it would <laughs> it yeah. would go. So I thought, okay, let's see if it's going to work out and then maybe you come later, yeah. uh, which was great for me, actually, because uh, I had to find my way around, right? Yeah. So I stayed for a year in Edmonton by myself and then he joined me a year later in Edmonton. I remember the first classes, we had three hour sessions for graduate school at that time uh, with a pause, maybe 15 minutes in between. And I remember when the pause, when I got to the break after an hour and a half of classes, wow, I was so tired and I couldn't, like my brain was just absorbing and absorbing and absorbing. I felt uh, that I, I wanted to speak, but I was really quiet at the beginning it took me some time to really feel confident to produce mm -hmm. work and to to be more participative uh, in my classes so I think these were the biggest challenges at the beginning to feel confident enough that you are doing good work and that you are understanding everything and producing good material yes. the beginning I think the I think some of the challenges had to do with uh, connecting to people. Um, I was very lucky. I had a Canadian roommate mm -hmm. and she was lovely. She helped me a lot understanding my way around, even helping me buying a new coat yes. for the winter. <laughs> Which came pretty soon because in yeah. October for, for Thanksgiving, it was already snowing in Edmonton. Yeah. So before that first snow, she told me, we have to go shopping for a good coat for you. So in that sense, I think I was lucky because I, I was able to connect with great people and my roommate, she was lovely. But at the same time, I think it took me a little while to adjust to a certain distance because Brazilians, we are very... Uh, how can I say, not necessarily a warm people, but we like to hug and touch and we are very tactile. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, some uh, sometimes in Canadian culture, that's not considered very polite. Yeah. People keep a certain distance. But it was beautiful to see, for example, how some of my friends would express their happiness or their pleasure in seeing me or something like that by their faces, smiling. They had such beautiful expressions, but they wouldn't hug me. Right. And then the, uh, for a certain while, that was like I felt, oh, maybe they don't like me. Right. But actually, just a different way of being right uh, surrounding you so adjusting to these differences these cultural differences at the beginning was a little bit tricky mm -hmm. so I don't know yeah sometimes um, it's hard to to remember exactly all the challenges but I think uh, I would say that the biggest challenges were to adapt 
to the culture, to to how to relate to people, to feel confident enough to produce work at school. Mm-hmm. And then when my husband came, at the time he was my fiancé, later became my husband, he was able to work because I was a student and here in Canada, your partner is allowed to work. It was uh, really good for him because he... He could join me and start working. But I remember also at the beginning for him, it was not as easy to get the first job. And then he started volunteering. He did some volunteer work. Through some of our friends, we found that it was great a great opportunity to network among our friends. So uh, some of them recommended to, to a person who actually eventually led to his first job. This is also one of the challenges uh, that we face when you get to a new place and especially a new country. After you finished school, you were in Alberta for about seven years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You went back to Brazil. Yes. What was, yeah. what was that like? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a big change as well. Uh, because I came as a student and then my husband joined me, uh, we always had that mindset that we would go back to Brazil. We wanted to go back. That mm-hmm. was our main goal. Uh, we always had that mindset of being in Edmonton in a temporary basis. So we wanted to go back. And then eventually, Actually, after a few years, when I finished school, we decided to apply for um, permanent residency because my husband was working and he would be able to work, continue working only if we applied because otherwise when I finished my studies, he would lose his status. Uh, So we became permanent residents during our time in Alberta. But we always had that goal of going back to Brazil. So... uh, he was fortunate enough to get a job in which he he was transferred back to Brazil. Oh, amazing. With a Canadian company. Yeah. And I got a job at a university in Brazil. And we returned to Florianopolis, which was the place where I was living before. But the experience was also coming back was a bit of a shock because uh, we never expect how much we change when we are abroad. And especially after all those years, there are things that change inside us that we don't necessarily realize. Mm -hmm. I think in Alberta, I became more not necessarily introverted person, but I think I appreciated a lot my time, my quiet time. And in Brazil, things are very busy and loud. So it took me a little while to adjust to that. The city had changed a lot as well. It had grown. So I felt like I didn't have a lot of privacy at the beginning, especially because family really wanted to be close to me (laughs) after all these years abroad. And I had a baby as soon as I arrived, my uh, daughter was born in Brazil. So my yeah, family yeah. was all over me. So I yeah. think it took me a little while to adjust to that. <laughs> we don't expect to face that kind of shock because you are coming back to what you think is your home. There is a Canadian writer, a poet, P.K. Page, and I studied her poetry during my uh, PhD. And P.K. Page also lived in Brazil. And I was studying her poetry because of that kind of experience of crossing frontiers. In one of her essays, Page says that we are always preparing ourselves for the shock of going to a different country, to a different culture, or experiencing that. But we are never prepared for the shock of homecoming, <laughs> of returning to yeah. your home. When you get there, you don't experience things in the same way because you have been modified by the place you yeah. have been. Even if I was craving that beautiful summer that I have in Florianopolis, 
in the peak of summer, I would say, oh, I'm missing the snow. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's a training to not start to be all the time complaining about things and saying, oh, I don't have this now. That's too bad. Like when I am in Canada thinking about what I'm missing from Brazil or when I'm in Brazil, what I'm missing from Canada. So it's not necessarily a training, but I think it's a mindset of trying to be present where you are. And this is sometimes really hard to do. I think that's the beauty of crossing frontiers and living in a different place. How did you end up in Peterborough? Okay. (laughs) Uh, So I was teaching at the university in Brazil. I had the opportunity to take a year off for a sabbatical. My husband at the time was transitioning jobs. We thought that that would be a great opportunity for us to come back to Canada to stay here for a longer period of time with our kids now because Mm -hmm. they hadn't been to to Canada before. So since I would be able to have a year off, we thought that that would be a great opportunity for us to come and experience Canada again. Uh, So I started contacting some professors, some uh, colleagues here in Canada. Through one of my professors from Alberta, I got connected to a professor here in Trent at the the Department of English. And and they were very welcoming in receiving me here for a year as a researcher. And so we ended up coming to Peterborough because of that, that opportunity to come here and connect with colleagues here at Trent University. Um, And then when we first came, we actually didn't know we would stay in Peterborough to settle here. Uh, We came originally for a year. Because I was still connected to the university in Brazil Mm -hmm. after my year here, I went back to Brazil with the kids and my husband decided to give it a chance to his work. And so he stayed. I went back to Brazil with the kids for a year. He would travel to Brazil very often, uh, but uh, still far away from us. But we decided to give it a try. So I stayed in Brazil for more one more year to settle down there, to organize everything, and then eventually to come back to Peterborough. Um, and I think the one of the, the the reasons that we decided to come to Peterborough again was based on how well the kids adapted. Mm-hmm. So that year when we stayed here, while, while I was still at, at Trent University, um, it was their first experience in a new country, their first experience with English. They didn't speak English in Brazil. Really? So we, at the time, we weren't sure how they would adapt. The first couple of months weren't very easy for them because they had to start school not knowing the language. So how old the, were they? So my, my daughter uh, was five, and she turned six right after that. Right. And my, my son was three turning four. So they were able to go to school here. Mm-hmm. They started school uh, and kindergarten. And, uh, and so the first weeks for them were, a, they had to go through a big adjustment and uh, it was a little bit scary for them. We tried to prepare them as best as we could, but it's actually only when you start that they would really feel how that experience was really like. Uh, But then after a couple of months, they were doing so well. They made friends. They felt really connected. They were thriving in their, their learning environment. And they had great opportunities to connect with people, with teachers, and 
they loved the snow in the winter. <laughs> they were just so, <laughs> so excited about that. And so uh, I, fe- I, I, I really sen- I, we, we sensed that they were doing really well here. And um, although they, of course, they missed Brazil, they missed our family there, they missed their friends in Brazil, they were fine. They were doing great. Mm-hmm. So um, when we talked to them about that, about settling down here, they felt good. They felt okay. And my husband was doing really well as well. And uh, so we thought that that could be a good moment for us to come back and settle down here. Yeah. yeah. And for for us as a family, I think we had many opportunities to to do different things with the kids, to like uh, experience activities at the library, at the art gallery, musical uh, events. Not only the music fest in the summer, but other things that sometimes happen in the city. I find Peterborough very alive in that mm-hmm. sense. So we would always look for things to do with the kids, and we would find. Yeah. And because it's not a big city, I felt comfortable to take the kids around. Uh, things don't take forever. If you want to go somewhere, you go and yeah. it's it's okay. Even even by bus. Uh, for the first year we were here, I didn't have a car and we would take the kids everywhere. We organized ourselves according to the bus yeah. schedule and that was okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and we felt very safe. Brazil is a beautiful place. My family is doing very well there, but uh, there are some moments in which we don't feel as safe in Brazil. Because of violence and the crime rate, sometimes it's a little bit scary to be in big cities in Brazil. Um, Unfortunately, uh, it hurts me to say that. But but here, I think we feel a lot safer. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that this is also part of our decision to, to stay here. And um, and one of the great things uh, now that have recently happened, my husband has just became has just become a Canadian citizen, and my two kids yeah. also because uh, he could sponsor them. I don't have enough time yet to become, yeah. <laughs> but maybe soon. Mm-hmm. And we are very proud with that. It gives us a sense, a even greater sense of belonging. So I have written here this mm-hmm. word, Granada. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me what it is? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I think a little bit more than a year ago now, uh, we were having dinner once at home, uh, me, my husband, and the kids. And then my daughter, we were ta- talking, and then my daughter came up with this idea, and she said, Mom, if I, could, if I had the power to create a new place on Earth... I would actually put it in the middle of the globe and I would call it Branada. And in this place, I would put everything I love about Brazil and everything I love about Canada. Mm. So I would put every, like from Brazil, I would bring the wonderful beaches, our beach house, our dogs, our family, some of my Brazilian friends. And uh, from Canada, I'm sure I would bring the winter because in Brazil there is no winter and I love the snow, I love tobogganing. (laughs) I would also put my Canadian school, I would put some of my Canadian friends and all that. And then she went and she she continued, you know, mentioning all these things that she would um, feel she would want to have in this place called Granada. 
And then we kind of all, we all engaged in that. So what else would you put? Oh, I would put this, I put that. And then we started talking about uh, this, uh, this place. And at the beginning, it was more of a joke, a kind of a, a funny story. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then, but then it's, it's, it's very interesting because she came back to that idea again a few times. And then I started to consider that idea more and more. Because at the beginning I thought, wow, what a wonderful way to reconcile herself to this idea of living in a place and not feel that you are missing out, but actually you are carrying that with you, uh, all these different experiences. And then I started thinking about how the places we have been to somehow mark ourselves and our identities as well. So I found that the, the metaphor she constructed about this new place and this new uh, imagined location in the globe yeah. was not necessarily something that we have to find outside from us, but actually inside. She was creating that into her own imagination and for her that place exists it it exists because she can transit between them in her own way of imagining it experiencing it and uh, being lucky enough probably to transition between these places because she she had the experience of living in both places and and relating to them and then i started to to think about myself and how how i also related to this experience of crossing frontiers of living in brazil and canada and transitioning back and forth between these these places and uh, and i started to realize that my experience was actually marked by those locations as well so if I would think about how my identity was touched or marked by Brazil, for example, I would think that how, for example, I am so outgoing sometimes and I like to touch and hug and how I love black beans and how I love Brazilian music and dancing. I think this is, has a lot to do with my experiences in Brazil and how I was raised there. Uh, But I also feel that my identity has already been marked by my experiences in Canada. So when I think about how I feel, for example, amazed every fall when I look at the beautiful trees and their colors and how that touches me and how now I appreciate more the snow because I play with my kids in it and I go tobogganing with them and how I wait for the snow to come uh, eagerly. Right. And how I feel a sense of being more respectful and accepting difference in a more solid way by having experienced Canadian culture and uh, diversity and also how I feel safer here. These are are all parts of me now. And uh, I carry those experiences with me now wherever I go. So in a way, it's very hard to say now for me that I am from this place or that place. Even in Brazil, I don't have only one place I feel that I am originally from. So this idea of Branada somehow translates for us where we are from. And it's funny because she came up with this combination of words, Branada. And so we don't say Brazilian Canadians, right? Like the hyphenated identity. It's Branadian in a sense that we kind of embrace 
aspects of these two cultures and they live in us, yeah. right? So I think Granada has to do with this sense of belonging that we have created through this crossing of frontiers, yeah. You spoke earlier about the power of mindset when mm. you when you first came mm -hmm. to Canada and then you went back and, and trying to not focus on oh, yeah. what you were missing but embracing mm. what, what you had. Mm -hmm. That's obviously something that has translated through your parenting, this, this intentional oh. Oh. mindset and, and just thinking about the way that, that we choose to live mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. how it reflects mm -hmm. back onto us from our children. This yeah. space that you would have helped your daughter achieve for your whole family. Oh, wow. You know? I never thought of that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you. I think one of the biggest things for me was trying to find, even to myself, to trying to find a space inside myself that I wouldn't feel that I was excluding something over the other because sometimes... Choosing to become a Canadian citizen uh, in, or to live in Canada, sometimes it might give us this uh, sense that you you are choosing a place over the other, that you love Canada more than you love Brazil or that you love Peter Moore more than you love Porto Alegre or something yeah. like that. But what I strive for is to try to come to a place where inside myself and now you mentioned how I maybe I'm passing this along to the kids but to find that you are not necessarily excluding but you are adding it to your experience and you don't have to deny that experience you had in a different location as part of your identity sometimes it's painful I know that I am privileged to a certain extent because I can travel back to Brazil and I can make that choice mm -hmm. of being here as a, as a choice we made as a family but I am aware that many people when they they have to live in a different location. Sometimes there is not much of a choice. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people cannot go back to their original place for a variety of reasons. And uh, But even if you cannot necessarily travel back, that place is inside you. Yeah. So I think one of the things that kind of come up to me when I think about origins, when we have this question, where are you from, we kind of always go back to the outside, to a place outside from ourselves. I am from that city, that country, that place. We don't necessarily look at in the inside. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the, the, the internal experience somehow marks the sense of origin, right? Because maybe this origin has been passed along through our parents, from our parents, from our ancestors, yeah. from our traditions, even if you are in a location that might not necessarily have that as your primary culture. Uh, or the culture you're exposed to daily, uh, but this is still informs you, right? Absolutely. So... Um I think in the sense that maybe has to do with, as you mentioned, this mindset of allowing yourself to, to, to experience these places without trying at least, because I think in, at some extent we always find that moment when you say, oh, I wish I were, yeah. <laughs> I wish I were there now, yeah. <laughs> right? Or I wish I could eat that, or I wish I could hug my parents, these kinds of things, yeah. right? But uh, not try to to just appreciate what you have now, knowing that you carry inside you all these other experiences. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I think I'm... No. Well, <laughs> Sometimes so, so I think I am... This... Um, <clears throat> 
how do you say rambling? Rambling. Like, rambling. <laughs> no, what well, you're <clears throat> you're you obviously spend a lot of time with books, you know. Um, but the way that that you're you're processing these uh, these ideas, it's so thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, you're not just you're not mm-hmm. rambling nonsense. You're 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 getting through an, an experience because, as you said, mm-hmm. it's not just the the place. Mm-hmm. It's how the the place mm-hmm. marks you, and it's not mm-hmm. just one simple thing. It's mm-hmm. a it's a whole series mm-hmm. of events, and those events also change as we get farther away from them. Mm-hmm. Everything's constantly evolving and yes. changing and, and moving. And yeah. how you answer these questions now is going to be different. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I see. Yeah. So, that's true. That's true. And I think for us, as I mentioned before, when I was in Edmonton for for all these the, the years that we had spent there, we always had that sense that we wanted to go back. So we kind of... First, because we were students, we didn't know how things would work out. Right. Uh, so we had that sense that we wanted to go back to Brazil. And we also felt that we were like proud Brazilians. We wanted to go back. How we yeah. love Brazil, our culture, our food, our music, everything. Uh, and then there is this sense of sometimes uh, if you choose to go somewhere else and leave and leave your original country, sometimes there is this sense of betrayal inside you. Yeah. Oh, but are you betraying your country? So it's mm-hmm. hard to reconcile that. Yeah. And even sometimes family. I remember when I was in Edmonton, I was younger, but my parents and some of my family members, they would be always asking me, when are you coming back? Yeah. Uh, is, are you coming back now? One more year? few more months? How yeah. long? <laughs> and now I don't know if it's because now maybe I have kids, I have a family of my own, I don't know. But their questions changed. They are not asking those kinds of questions anymore. They are much more supportive. I don't know if it's because uh, the kind of situation we have in Brazil now, if they feel things are not as stable anymore, I don't know. It's funny how that changes as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, even internally, because when I was younger, I think I felt a lot like leaving my parents behind and being so far away, how maybe I would possibly be training them for being so far away but now we have reconciled to that idea it makes it easier as well when family supports you how did you get connected to the new canadian center in peterborough oh yes the new canadian center oh super good place (laughs) i love it first when we first came here for the first year i was kind of busy adapting to peterborough with the kids and with the university, I didn't actually took part of many of the activities in the new Canadian Centre. My husband used to go more often to, to the NCC. We became clients. We were supported by the NCC with a welcoming pass and some other things that the new Canadian Centre provides to newcomers to Peterborough, helping us finding ourselves around the city and, you know, all the information that they provide from at the beginning. But then when I, I came back again um, later on, I started to volunteer at the new Canadian Centre and participate, become more engaged in some of the programs the the NCC provides, especially the women's group. Mm -hmm. And it was great. It made all the difference to me because uh, I became a part of it because uh, I had a group to go to. I had uh, people that would have faced similar experiences that would be from different places as well. Some of them would also have kids. We would exchange 
exchange ideas and experiences. So the women's group made a lot of difference. Starting to, I started to volunteer at the NCC as well, which was great because then you start becoming more and more connected to the community, which was also super, super important, I think, because... Uh, when you are in, even uh, even if I always felt that Peterborough was a welcoming place to be, mm-hmm. uh, I think when you find other people in similar situation that you are, like experiencing immigration, experiencing facing a new culture and learning the new language, you become more involved into that. And somehow I think um, the new Canadian Centre provides that sense of community, right? Mm-hmm. It was a safe space for me mm-hmm. to go and uh, share share with people my experiences and also help to offer some support to those who are coming to Canada. Sometimes there are days in which you say, oh, this wow, so dark outside. I don't want to do anything. I just want to stay in my bed. And then you think, oh, today there is the women's group. I will see everybody. Uh, Maybe we'll share ideas. Maybe we'll cook together. Maybe there is someone who needs to practice a little bit of English and I might make a little difference to that person. So you kind of motivate yourself to leave the house and do something. And uh, so, yes, for sure, I think the New Canadians Centre offers many opportunities where people can engage and create the sense of belonging, for sure. So you've told me so much of your incredible journey to getting here. Can you tell me a bit about your life right now in Peterborough? Yes, for sure. When we came back to Peterborough to settle down here, I took this as an opportunity for me to enjoy more time with my kids Mm -hmm. and I saw that as well as a way to reduce my working hours I didn't want to be working full-time anymore but I also wanted to contribute right to my household and to to the community to get to know the community and all that so I started to volunteer at the NCC and I was fortunate enough that it was through the NCC that I got a connection with my current employer. I was um, introduced to Catherine, who is my um, my employer now, through the NCC. Mm-hmm. She was looking for someone to work with her in her company. And I was looking for a job and I wanted something part-time. And it was very... Uh, like a very good match for oh, us wonderful. because uh, she was also looking for someone to work with her part-time in her office. I'm experiencing now Peterborough through a, a different kind of a mindset, let's say, because uh, now that I'm working downtown, I'm getting to know more of the businesses here yeah. in Peterborough, uh, the downtown community, and uh, and it's been great to work there because... She's also a mom and she understands when I have to stay home if yeah. the kids get sick and all that. Uh, so it's been really good. It's, it's been a great match, actually. What are you doing? I'm working at this company as an, an administrative assistant. I'm working at the office. And uh, so I help her with the day-to-day office life, yeah. right? And it's been great because I connect with people and uh, I, I'm learning new skills and all that. Yeah. So it's been very, very nice as well. I'm also relearning 
trusting myself and trust my skills and trust uh, things that I can learn again. So I find that this is also very rewarding because when you come to a new place, you have the opportunity to start again, maybe to find other pathways or other experiences that might be also rewarding to you. And I think being able to find that balance between work and family, it has been great. And I feel so lucky because of that. Yeah. Yeah. If I think about the the new Canadian Center, for example, because it's a safe space and you get to, you start to get to know people around you, from friends at the women's group, for example, to the staff at the NCC, or through other volunteers, people start to get to know you and understand what you're looking for, yeah. and then things happen, right? And that's exactly what happened to me. Uh, I started to get to know people at the NCC and they were able to understand my needs Mm -hmm. and kind of connect me to people in in Peterborough that would be able to offer me opportunities that would match my my needs, which was wonderful. So you've been part of this Living Library project Mm -hmm. through the NCC. What has that experience been like? Oh, it's been super great. First of all, because it gives us this opportunity to share stories. And I love learning about other people's stories and I believe in the power of storytelling. I think storytelling makes all the difference in a community when you feel safe to share your stories and you feel that you can learn from other people's stories. So the Living Library has offered me that opportunity to feel confident enough to share my own story beforehand. Uh, about thinking about my own story, my own experience, and then putting it together in a little talk that you're going to offer to the community. Mm -hmm. I think that's first that makes all the difference, I think, in organizing your thoughts in terms of what you are able to offer. And then um, the experience in itself, when you go to a place and people are are waiting to hear you, you know, this is super, super yeah. empowering, I think. And uh, and also it makes you feel that you belong because people are there to listen to you and they want to learn. And then when you share what you have experienced, I think there is also that moment of um, of creating opportunities to be understood and also to show to the community that being a new Canadian is different for every one of us. Every new Canadian has a different story. And then your story is one among many. Because it's unique, it's important to be heard Mm -hmm. because you are going to contribute something to that person's life. The opportunity to share stories makes all the difference. I think we learn uh, from listening and we learn from communicating, from expressing your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so you create a kind of a bridge, I think, between you, your experience, and the community. Thank you so yeah. much for coming in today to share your story. Oh, thank you. Thank us. you for, for welcoming here and me here. <laughs> yes. If anyone has questions about the Living Library Project or wants to learn about how they might get involved to share their own story or to learn more about what the New Canadian Centre does, how can people find you and contact Mm -hmm. you? The community can learn about our current roster of speakers 
on our website at nccpeterborough.ca slash livinglibrary. Uh, they can also email me or give me a phone call. My, and, uh, my, uh, my, information, my contact information is on that website. Uh, but that website is updated uh, 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 as new information arises um, where you can be able to, to learn about the speakers and, and uh, learn about what their stories entail. And then in terms of booking a speaker, uh, you can contact me and uh, we go from, we have a discussion about what you want to hear about and uh, when and, and the logistics. And then I work with speakers to, to bring them to your organization for you to hear their story. Thank you so much for putting this project together and thank you for coming with everyone in here to Trent Radio. Thank you for giving Peterborough this opportunity to learn more about the people who who find it and who stay here and who call it home. Thank you thank you for having me and for being part of this project. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> The music used in this series was taken from local musician Evan Sheffield's album, White Rhino, featuring samples from the track White Owl. 